What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Wednesday and I'm here with Sarah Haynes. This is Behind the Table. Hey, Sarah, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Brian? I'm doing well. We had a good show today. We had a uh, Whoopi was whoa, kind whoa, of in whoa, whoa, like. Whoa, whoa. I'm going fu- to just pause for a second. Yeah. So in therapy, we learn this thing when you go as a couple. Yes. That let's start out with what we're bringing to the table. Are you and I in couples therapy now? Well, now we are. So okay. uh, in our podcast, I'd like to bring something that I overheard on one of the podcasts. So I'm going to play a little clip for you. Okay. Okay. Roll that bean footage. Sarah, you know, Sarah. Used to be she like should the, be good on pop culture. She should be, but she's actually not. I don't mean to expose her, but she really knows like expose. She knows like five movies really turning. well and constantly refers to them. <laughs> so she like you know she loves her Mean Girls and her stepbrothers and her bridesmaids, <laughs> and that's it. And she just oh. constantly references those, so people think she has like a deep oh. well of pop culture knowledge. But it's a little. So you're listening to the podcasts. That's nice. You are doing a great job, Brian. Um, Thank you. So I take issue with this. I kind of stand by it, but go ahead. No, I know you do because you've told me to my face. So (laughs) it's not not like you were. Yes. (laughs) No, but this is what I want to clarify. You are a well of trivia. I have I I have some game. My love of movies is how a moment in a movie makes you feel. I'll give you an example. Yes. Dirty dancing, add it to my four. Sure. So when when she says, Jennifer Gray says, I carried a watermelon. Mm Mm-hmm. The feeling of that, like, comes up in my life, and, like, I think through those moments and how I felt. So I typically remember a quote or a moment in a movie. When you quiz me, which you did today on set, yes. what was her best friend's name? I don't memorize the details. I remember moments. I'm just saying, if I tell you that I love a movie, I love a movie. I know a movie. And you, here's the thing. You wanna, what, do you, what movies do you know and love? Except for, Back to except, the Future, The Godfather. The dating um, scene in Karate Kid. Every aspect of The Karate Kid. The one date part with Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, that's my dream date. Because you sure. used to watch it on replay and wish yeah. it was your life. Yeah, like I'd like to go to golf and stuff with Elizabeth Shue someday. We'll I want to go to golf this. and stuff yeah. too, but. All right, but I, I know movies. You hosted pop news on GMA for how long? Like, I mean, you were doing this for a bit. And I just but feel I like you should love... retain a little bit more pop. But let me just and, t- tell you, pop yeah. news is not just what's going on in the celebrity ether and movies. It's right. also funny videos. Yes. It's goofy moments where you play a joke on people. Yes. It's still very much my brand. Memorizing like the the latest moment in a catchy thing is not my thing. Okay, I understand that. I'm just saying that, you know, you're known on staff and by the audience, I think, as the one who's really into movies and really into this and into, really into a that. certain genre of movie. Yeah, yeah. into movies But I told starring... you, my best friend, who knows me very well, and mm-hmm. her eventual husband, he was only a boyfriend at the time, right. said, you should put in your dating profile, I quote movies like a dude, because he said, that's hot. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. It's but just, now you're telling me I only quote four movies. You've only got movies. like three dates worth of quotes. No. And by the way, I don't quote them for volume or to line up my minutes of right. memorization. It's yeah. moments of feeling. Sure. But I'm just saying you, you get you through. You can't sit with 
us, Brian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you go Glen Coco, and then we're kind of running out of time. I played on yeah. a volleyball team, a gay volleyball team called You Go Glen Coco. Yes. Try putting that on a jersey, and that's loyalty. It, listen, I I appreciate it. I think it's charming, and I like it very much. I just it's more than four. I've movies. been disappointed by you not yeah, knowing you certain references. Because you say things like Teen Witch. Yeah, I can sing scenes to you. I wanna be the most popular, girl, cheesiest gym scene I've ever sure. seen. But then you're like, well, what's the best friend's name? Yeah, I didn't that. memorize the best friend's name. No, I just you don't have to memorize it. But if you love a movie, you know maybe more than no, one. No, I remember character. the scenes. Right. I did not remember the names. If her name it's was fine. in a quote, I'd remember it. You still know more than Sunny Hostin about pop culture. Not as Alyssa. More than good. Anna Navarro. Sunny, she wants to bring people down because she's still angry about Jeopardy, and you were feeding the beast. She was actually. Comp- Complimenting you. She was saying, like, if we did team trivia, hey, because I was talking about, and we talked about this before, I would love the idea of, like, the view going on a game Family show. Family feud. Something. Like, I think it'd be really Family great. Feud. And then she would say, oh, well, Sarah would be really good at pop culture. So she had your back, and then I exposed you. Yeah, what are you doing? All right. In any case, <laughs> that was fun. Um, take that. Yeah. Top that? Is that what you're trying to well, say? Shut up. You were trying to quote <laughs> Teen Witch there, and you said, take that. It's top that. This is what I'm talking about. There are so many movies, though. Mystic Pizza. There are yeah. way more than four, honey. Sure. Dirty Dancing, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Of course, Jennifer Grey played Zoolander. Uh, iconic Baby. What was Baby's real name? I forget. Francis was her real name. All right, moving on. Um, so I was saying today's show was actually kind of a lot of fun. She's just staring at me. We had... Uh, Kind of Thursday Whoopi. Whoopi was a little bit in her more oh, Thursday she was having, she was having weekends fun. here kind of mode. So that was, that was kind of fun. Joy but. goes, are you on medication? <laughs> <laughs> we did have uh, some big announcements on the show today, though, because... Uh, oh, Sister Act? Yeah, we're going to do a Sister Act 2 reunion. We're in the early stages of planning it, but I Let think people guess, are going to be really idea, excited about it. Let me guess, that was your idea, and you're really excited to talk about it on your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about it on my podcast. All right, we're moving on. Well, you did have a really exciting weekend. Let's change gears here. You you went to Maryland to see University of Iowa star player Caitlin Clark. Tell me about this. Okay, so first of all, I love University of Iowa, period. And the coach right now, Coach Lisa Bluter and the assistant coach, Jan Jensen, they do not know who I am, but I knew who they were for like 20 years now because we used to try to impress them at basketball camp. So I got to hug them. I got to meet Caitlin Clark and watch an amazing game of basketball. It was actually really close, and Iowa hadn't won at Maryland in six games. They were 0-6 and at Maryland. Um, But Caitlin Clark is about one game away from setting the all-time scoring record for NCAA, and then within a few games, after that, breaking Pete Maravich's record of NCAA college players. Yeah, no, she's like a generational talent. She's a generational talent. Yeah. She's unreal. And she's like, I was asking my one of my best childhood friends, Megan, is the vice president of the Big Ten women's basketball. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me, I was like, did she just practice a lot? Because when you speak of a Pete Maravich or you think of Michael Jordan or a lot of these people, they practice. She's like, she's a bit of a savant. She used to have to be put in boys leagues. Oh, wow. I mean, she's been this way. Forever. All right. That's very cool. Um, I would love to meet her someday. And uh, I enjoyed watching her. Can we book her on the show just for me to hang out with her a little? I didn't get a picture. I'm so mad. Oh, man. I'm so mad. Do you ever feel awkward asking people that you admire for pictures? uh, Well, I feel, uh, yeah, I don't do pictures. Mm -hmm. Like, typically, Caitlin Clark to me, because she's such an icon of our state. And she happens, like, women's basketball was my childhood. Like, I don't know if I've ever been really clear on that. But our neighbors, when I moved, said the thing they missed the most was hearing that basketball because I was never the savant or the gifted one, but I had to keep up with Megan and Molly, the twins, who were Division One recruits. Mm-hmm. So to make the cut, I did so many shots a day. I did ball handling drills. I, I, like, I slept with my basketball because I wanted so much to be better. And so seeing people that are better play and honor the sport in a way that just makes you proud to have ever played – 
for her to be able to post that as two Iowans coming together, I would love to. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, so we'll get her. We'll get you your photo. Just book her so I can hang out with her a little. She's in if she's willing to come on. I'd love to have her. Okay. Caitlin? Now, um, I hear at home you're having a hard time getting the kids to bed oh, and man. that Alec has started negotiating a little bit like Max does. He comes from a... a, a lawyer dad. Yeah, a lawyer dad. Yeah. He calls it a discussion. It's really like a persuasive argument of until you agree with me, I'll keep talking. And how old is Alec now? Seven. Okay, so he's at that age. Yeah, and he told me the other day, he was I was taking him to karate, and he's talking to me in, in, from the back seat, and he's like, but mom, da, da, da. and finally I go, Alec, can you just sometimes accept my answer? Because I don't enjoy this. He goes, mom, I love making a persuasive argument. I was like, you sound like your dad. <laughs> yeah, that's great, and, though. What a great skill to have. Is it, though? I, I do believe in the long run it works out, but it becomes a very spirited child is what the psychology books call right call it but it's a lot well first of all he's going to negotiate with you and if that doesn't work out he knows karate so really well, yeah it's... they're all in karate because i want them to learn self-defense sure. and discipline right but he's so, going to negotiate first and then get and aggressive. he'll just kick me yeah, yeah either way but I think we leave is... that on the mat just so you know you're you're, you're training a winner here I yes think it's good um does max debate him Max gets annoyed with him and I look at him and I smile and he goes, I know, I know. <laughs> like, because I'm like, not everyone enjoys this persuasive conversation we're having right now. Just say yes, mama. Like, right. Stop. All right. Well, listen, tomorrow on the show, we are celebrating 100 episodes of Behind the Table, if you can believe that. We've, we're up to 100. Is there cake? Are you going to balloon? I don't know. Is there cake? I could, I, I could eat some cake. I feel like I'm going to hear about this 100 more times before tomorrow. But I appreciate that you're going back and listening to them. What, what, what's your takeaway from these? Well, one, it's it's fun because I know, obviously, you and everyone on this podcast. So it's kind of fun to hear the conversations that everyone delves into because my favorite part of our show is the morning meeting. Mm -hmm. And I said that when I was at the show the first time and when I came back because there was a period of time where there was no morning meeting. And yes. I jokingly said, well, then I don't miss the view. <laughs> because <laughs> It was never about the hour we were on TV. It was always about, and you know this, yeah. the craziness that goes on in that meeting. There's a lot of teasing, joking around, funny moments, things said where you're like, please don't say that on the show. If I have to hear that one more time, please don't say that on this, meaning inappropriate <laughs> statements. The lawyers will appreciate you. The amount of time you drop your you know, legal and standards moments. Yes. But it's just funny because we love to watch everyone squirm and we like push the bar a little further. And then so it's just and those are my favorite inside stories. Right. So you get a little taste of that here on the podcast. You totally yes. get a taste of that yeah. on this podcast. Yes. I've really enjoyed hearing from people that are listening to it. And I had a really touching moment this morning. A friend of mine texted me, a, a childhood very close friend, who's not really a view watcher. He's like my age. He's uh, on the conservative. <laughs> he's on the conservative side. And uh, he wrote to me a text and he's like, listen, I I've learned a lot about Joy Behar. I learned that she has a dog named Bernie that um, she really doesn't like President Trump. And I have to say, you did a really, you do a really good job on that podcast, man. Oh. And I was so touched. And I sent it to my wife and I said, listen. I love that you're still trying to sell I said, your you know, worth to I said, your wife. You know, my, my, you know, Kevin really supports me and is listening to the podcast. I wish you'd listen to it more. Heather does when I ask her. Yeah. And then uh, and then a couple minutes later, he wrote, yeah, you know, I fell asleep last night listening to a golf podcast and somehow your podcast showed up in, when no. I, I woke up to it in the morning. <laughs> So he wasn't actually reaching out and listening to the podcast. It just happened to be in his queue. But, but still, I'll take it. Still a compliment. I'll take it. People are listening. What else can you ask for? We'll be right back after this. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. 
We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. The Girlfriend is a free weekly e-newsletter from AARP built on the belief that girlfriend power is everything. It offers stories for Gen X women related to sex, health, beauty, travel, and money. Whether it's a shoulder to cry on or help navigating the next phase of your life, visit thegirlfriend.com to subscribe. You can also join the Girlfriend Book Club, a closed Facebook group that hosts live author interviews and free book giveaways. Again, it's thegirlfriend.com, because everybody needs a girlfriend. Um, Now, you had a really special episode last week. I I thought um, all of your episodes, I'm going to give you a a sincere compliment, are from the heart. And and one of the great things about talking to each of you individually is every day the show feels very differently depending on who we're talking to and the relationship we have. And I appreciate that you are emotional talking about stuff on the show and you really open up here. And you were talking about a career moment in your life where you lost confidence and felt a little bit like you had imposter syndrome. Is it hard for you to be that open? Does it come naturally for you? Uh, it's a mixed bag. It comes pretty naturally because I think I work through things um, and I find a lot of comfort and progress in whatever I'm working through by hearing I'm not alone in anything. So talking to people has usually helped me. There are moments, and after the podcast, I actually had one, where I walk away and I have like a freak out moment of, oh my gosh, did I share too much? Right. Where you almost feel like either the wound is still raw or you something like you replay it in your head. Like, did I, did I do, you feel vulnerable You because you're exposing yourself. And so I, I felt that after it. And I remember like talking to Max and he's like, Sarah, like, this is what you, this is what you do. You answer honestly. And the, a, a question about a pivot in your life, that's one that other people will be able to relate to. And it actually, I got some great messages. I heard from some people in similar careers as mine saying, mm-hmm. In such, again, vulnerable ways, I totally understand what you're going through. Thank you for sharing, you know. So those are the moments where you feel it's more worth it is when just one person says, I understand that. Yeah. You know, so. The imposter syndrome part of it, too, I think something every that's universal. I think everyone. I feel it often. Yeah. I feel I think everybody does. Um, and it, that's something that I think is really nice to hear. Someone who seems very confident yeah. and assured on television feels that way, too. Well, I think it's when imposter syndrome bumps into delicate mental states because imposter syndrome can come to me on a random Tuesday. And I'm like, did I just or any cocktail party or anywhere I go? I'm like, did I just why did I just say like I actually have a lot of replays in my head, nervousness, don't feel cool, imposter syndrome. But when it bumps into depression I think it becomes even more dangerous because you can't see straight and you right. don't know which is real and it leaves you with very few tools in your box. Well, something that is quite the, the cure for depression is you had a sugar really, cookies. Well, sugar cookies are wonderful. But you had a really big announcement last week that I'm excited <gasps> about that other people are excited about. You're going to be on the ABC show. What would you do as a guest correspondent? 
Now, you filmed this last summer, right? Last yep, summer? last so August. I, I, last August. So I knew about it for a long time. I've been excited, and I'm excited you can share it with everybody else. What was the experience like with you for you? Okay, well, first of all, let me take you to the beginning. When I was acting, when I had first moved to New York and trying to get roles in acting, I auditioned to be one of those actors planted in these scenarios for John Quinone's What Would You Do? Oh, that's Came great. to these ABC buildings and auditioned. Didn't get the part. A little raw still, so let's not talk about it. But now, years later, actually, while I was right after I had Caleb and was at my other show, John called and well, not personally, John, but the show called and said, John wants you to join for a postpartum discussion. Mm-hmm. Now, that's again near and dear to my heart. And I was in the throes of what I was describing on the last episode, and I, I knew the importance of talking about it. I went and did an episode, and I said to John, I've loved this show forever. It shows that there are angels among us if you keep your eyes open. And they come in all shapes and forms, and they're there. And so then when they called and said, we'd love for you, you know, we went across the country, and, you know, you're from Iowa. We'd love to throw you in there. And I remember going in so confident, like, I am a proud Iowan. This show lines up completely with how I live my life, which is there's a lot of stuff happening. There's always someone that has your back. And the people I saw come forward— Funny enough, there was no normal. It wasn't more men or women, old or young, um, different ethnicities. Everyone came and showed up. And each time, my heart got pumped with a little more hope for the world. So it restores your faith in humanity. Oh, it's the most. John and that show, has they've done such amazing things to have even a small part in it felt like such an honor to carry that torch. I was in a meeting and they were talking about how successful the show is with young people um, through YouTube. Everyone, I mean, ages like 10 to 14 are watching millions and millions and millions of old versions of this. So I'm excited for uh, the 10 to 14-year-old demo to fall in love with you on What Would You Do? And then follow you to The View. It restores my faith that that's the age it's resonating with. Because that's the age where also we talk so much of social media and those being led astray. To know that kind of gives you the flip side of that same coin that they're tuning into things like this because this changes people. It reminds you, you can't sit back. You can't play the safe card. Sometimes you've got to stand up for what you know is right or wrong. All right. Well, listen, speaking of right and wrong, I want to revisit, and this might be hard, but we're going to revisit the hottest of hot topics, the, the most difficult conversation Was we've had the at the table thing? this year. No, it's uh, Elmo and Larry David. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Elmo and Larry David, it almost severed the table. and I almost uh, stormed off the Yeah, stage. pandemonium broke loose. Um, let's talk about it. You and Joy really, Joy's doubled down. She's spoken or heard from Larry David that he appreciated her standing in his corner. Um, Joy called you personally the comedy removal service. <laughs> um, he, he, Joy okay. very much on board with strangling Elmo. Okay. You very upset about okay, it. Okay, no. So let me just say, she doesn't even realize that I have a nuanced view because she wasn't listening. She was too bad reading a script that said puppet in it, not Muppet. Mm-hmm. But when she was talking, I said, the first part of Larry David doing that as someone who consumes a lot of comedy and often defends that comedians need to push borders and they need to step over the line occasionally to make sure they're getting the richest, most crazy comedy they can find. I agree. So the first visual of him doing that and then everyone laughing, the moment he lost me was when he went to sit down and they said, you know, self-awareness, comedian or not, you know, you've been around for a few decades and you're sitting there and they say, you know, this is a morning show. They were 
Elmo had been on for a mental health thing, checking in. People aren't okay. When you think about sitting down and someone says, do you want to say, and then you mock the voice of the person. And rather than saying in that moment, and this is why I just wished I worked in PR all the time, what you say is you say this. Okay. Okay. I get it. I am sorry. Like, because you're speaking to an icon that is globally way more famous than Larry David will ever be Mm -hmm. because everyone crosses paths with the Muppets, Elmo, Sesame Street. They've been around for decades and decades. Only a small niche of people, no matter how successful a show is, will ever cross paths with Larry David. So at that point, it just you need to know that you're a kind of curmudgeonly like writer comedian. And this is Elmo. He's a three year old. This is like something that you're all. And by the way, when Joy said no one's watching the Today Show, that's also highly misguided. All morning shows are on in homes, and that's how the next generation of viewers are created. It's on as wallpaper, and those young three-year-olds are not usually – if you're at home, they're at home. Yes. And when Elmo comes on, you say, hey, sweetie, Elmo's on. And you bring them over to watch the the destroyer, Larry David, beat the crap out of them, mock him. And then this poor Muppet is trying to talk about, like, consent. Joy spent most of the podcast yesterday when this was brought up yelling, it's felt, it's felt. (laughs) Well, I will not make the mistake of mentioning how many other things we encourage kids to believe in and follow because I don't know who's listening to this. Mm -hmm. But the the funny was only the first moment. The rest of it should have been backtracked. Right. Sweetly without, you know, it's not like a heartfelt I did something wrong. Just kind of, okay, I get it. He then went on uh, late night. He doubled night down. And, uh, with Seth Meyers and said that uh, he would do it again. And uh, Right or wrong, you have to be able to see. I see the funny, but Joy's the one that says, not too much. You salt it. You don't pour the bottle on it. Like, one little dip and he could have been fine. All right. Well, listen, I don't think. And that... it's a Muppet, in case people don't understand. Not a puppet. It is a Muppet. I was with you on that, for sure. I, I could not believe that felt yeah. very passive aggressive. Yes. No, I think uh, I'm kidding, by the way. One of the under one of the missed storylines here is how brilliant Elmo played it after the fact. Or the dad and the dad. The dad was a little he should have been a little more uh, protective, I think. But Elmo's reaction was hysterical. He quickly forgave. Yeah, he said, I forgive you. And uh, and just the looks. And I used to like you and all that stuff. I thought it was all genius. No, it was. And when they said, don't touch someone without your consent, I was like, I'm pretty sure if he asked, Elmo would have said, don't hit me. He stayed right on brand. I thought it was perfect. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining me, Sarah Haynes. Tomorrow, we will be celebrating our 100th episode with Whoopi Goldberg. We've done 100 episodes. We're thrilled and honored to have her here. And uh, in the meantime, the number to call or text us with questions is right here in this episode description. Thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. I love hearing from you. And we will see you tomorrow for episode 100. Order some cakes.